0: Welcome to the 14th episode of the Disney Cruise Line Blog Podcast. Today we're going to talk about rotational dining. You might hear this term thrown around. And what it simply means is it's Disney's way of making sure that guests get to experience each of the three themed dining rooms aboard the ship during your cruise. Each ship has their own set of dining rooms. And Isabel's going to go through which ones are on each ship. Okay, I will. The Magic has Lumières, Karaokas, and Animators, which all the ships have. Mm -hmm. The Wonder has Tritons, Animators again, and Parrot Key, which will be Tiana's place. The Dream has Royal Palace, Enchanted Garden, and Animators. And the Fantasy has Royal Court, Enchanted Garden, and Animators. And while all the ships have animators' palette, the uh, classic ships and the Dream class ships have completely different designs. Animators' palette on the Magic and Wonder is kind of a black and white canvas that comes alive throughout the evening. Whereas animators' palette on the Dream and Fantasy are more of a, you know, animators' workshop kind of thing. You see all the, you know, reference models and everything kind of along the walls and character art. So with rotational dining, not only will you rotate through the restaurants, your serving team, your head server, your assistant server, and your server will also join you in each restaurant. So they become, you get to know them throughout the cruise, and that allows them to kind of learn, you know, a little bit about you, kind of know what you want, have your drinks ready kind of when you get there, uh, You know, for the kids, they kind of know, like pacing of their dinner, what works the best. Uh, So it's, instead of having a new serving team each night, you get to have the same ones throughout the cruise, just Mm -hmm. kind of, so it's pretty clear what would happen on a three-night cruise. You'd rotate through the restaurants, one each night. But what actually happens when you get to a four-night or longer cruises, uh, well, you know, each restaurant has their own standard menu. And so on cruises, four nights or longer, uh, once, and the order varies depending on the itinerary and what's set up, but you'll, you'll potentially have dinner in the same, you know, you or on the longer cruises, you will eat in the same restaurant multiple times. However, you will not get the same menu each time. Uh, for example, got like on the four nights, on the Dream, at fourth night, not in order, but one of the nights is Pirate Night, which has a pirate-themed menu. Uh, I think of all the other menus, that's probably one of the most common menus served across the fleet in addition to the three standard rotational menus. Uh, We have a full list of the menus on the website Uh, we we can link to. And if you're wondering what menus might be served on your particular voyage, the best suggestion would be to go and look at some of the personal navigators for that, for that similar itinerary, same or similar itinerary, to kind of see what you know each night might be. You know, there's on longer cruises, there's like on the classic ship, there's a "Let the magic begin," and on the final night, there's "Till we meet again" or "See you real soon." Uh, there's often a Captain's Gala menu, Prince and Princess menu. Now there's a Frozen-themed menu for the uh, summer sailings on the uh, Magic and Wonder. And on longer cruises, I mean, there's a lot of different menus that show up just to kind of vary things up a bit. Now, before you, when you book your cruise, you typically know if you have main dining or late dining, however you don't really know what you don't know your order you know the rotational order for your cruise until you check in at the terminal and receive your key to the world card Uh, on your key to the world card there's a uh, dinner line and it will tell you your dinner time and then it'll have a bunch of letters uh, and it's real simple to decode it's the first letter of the restaurant so our last cruise, we had E-R-A-E-R-A-E, which meant we started in Shannon Garden, we went to Royal Court, then Animators, and we repeated that pattern through the for the seven nights. And additionally, it says what table number you're seated at. And, you know, on the first night when you get to the restaurant and they welcome you, they ask you what table number is, you're, and you're directed to it, so you're not hunting around for your table. Uh, additionally in your stateroom you'll get a ticket that'll you know essentially decode this line and specifically say where you're eating each night Uh, when you do go to the restaurant they typically ask for your dining ticket to kind of help find your table but uh, that's when you learn about your dining time Uh, and on embarkation day is the day that uh, you want to check on the navigators of where to go if you need to make any adjustments to your dinner. Like say you were s- scheduled for a late dinner and you want to ha- try to get into main dining or if you're in main dining and you want to switch to the later seating. On some occasions, depending on when you book, uh, late dining might be the only option that's available. And even if you Asked to be waitlisted for main dining, it's that we, you still might not get it upon check in. It actually happened to us on our last cruise. So we we did go to the, where was it? It's in Royal, Royal Court we went to. Mm-hmm, yes. I think about noon at Royal Court or mm-hmm. one o'clock. It, it's listed in the navigator the time and location to go to for any changes. I think we showed up maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes early to get in line because. It's kind of like first come, first serve at that point for any requests. And they are just requests, and they'll do what they can, but nothing's guaranteed. But, you know, the trick is to show up, and if it's that important to you, where in our case it was because I don't know if we would have been able to actually function eating dinner at 8.15 and then calling it a night. For those with kids that are uh, kind of quick eaters, and if and if you're in the late dinner uh, the Oceaneer lab and club offer a service where they'll come, come and uh, kind of come down at a certain time of the night and kind of gather all the kids that are going to go check into the club and they'll kind of walk with the counselors from the dining rooms up and check into the club. So the adults or anybody not going to the club can kind of have a more relaxing paced dinner.
1: Yeah. Rest of their dinner. Right?
0: Um, that's always an option Uh, if you instead of having to you know either walk your kids up there or anything like that you could just stay at your table and they will come and get them and while you rotate through dinner there is one last kind of main sit-down option it's the uh, final mornings breakfast and it kind of works this way if you have early dining you have a, an extremely early breakfast in the same restaurant. So if you're an animator's pallet on the last night, let's just say at 6.45, your breakfast starts an animator's pallet or your serving team will be present to take care of you for one last time. Now, if you're not interested in going to that, you still can go up to Cabana's for breakfast.
1: Where the Apollo servers will have very... <laughs> quote-unquote, happy faces on to serve you.
0: <laughs> for anybody that has any like special dietary restrictions, requirements, or allergies... Like you? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's always good to note these things ahead of time on your reservation, either calling Disney and having them make a note on your reservation or have your travel agent do, do it for you. Uh, if you have any specific allergies to be noted or if you require, you know, specific dietary foods throughout your meal, just, you know, I think it gives, it gives, it gives the provisioning team a heads up on if they need to get anything specific for that saline. Uh, the more lead time they have, the better off they can accommodate your needs. Uh, so I've kind of thrown around the term serving team a bit here and what that essentially entails it's you have your head server which is kind of who kind of oversees a team of servers and assistant servers so at your table you're going to spend a lot of time with your server and assistant server Uh, typically the assistant server is the one that'll go out and you know bring the beverages and clear your table and everything but you know the servers one that'll typically take your orders and you know go through that stuff you know depending on the serving team of the assistant and server you know they kind of mesh together and they do you know each is a little different on how they you know their their little teamwork goes but that's basically how they operate and then the head server is kind of oversees an area of the restaurant, you know, you know multiple servers and assistant serving teams, and they take care of any you know special requests needs. Uh, they're the ones like in the case of you know when we changed our dining time, they're the ones that you know found a way to fit us in for their specific uh, table arrangements
1: so you can be depending on the size of your party you can be um designated to sit with a group or you can be designated to sit by yourself and it's a toss-up how that happens you know if you're traveling with a large party you can have your travel agent or the disney cruise Line reservation guest uh cast member link your reservations that way you can all dine together um, so if you have, you know, maybe three or four staterooms and everybody wants to be at a table, that works out great. We recently, well, really for the past two years, have pretty much been designated at a table by ourselves. I think the Southern Caribbean cruise was the last cruise we were um, seated with another family. And Scott and I joke that it's probably because he's the uh, the Disney Cruise Line blog and they don't want to sit anybody with him. But uh, that's probably not true. Um, so, anyways, the one thing that I have to admit is kind of neat about dining by yourself is the fact that we typically skip a course, and so our dinner kind of moves a little bit faster. Um, usually, Scott and I pick an appetizer or a soup salad, and then an entree and dessert. Um, Isabel doesn't order off the kids menu, so um, she doesn't. It's all paced very well. And on this last cruise, this is probably one of the top three um, of speediness. You know, we are on main dining at 6, I'm sorry, at 545. And we were out there maybe within an hour every time. So um, that's one thing that is a little bit different when you are dining with strangers or, you know, someone who's ordering two and three of things, which is fine. That's, you know, totally their prerogative. But then, you know, that's longer that your dinner kind of takes. So it is nice to have that option there. And um, Isabel can talk about this, but she has been... Her first cruise was in 2011 when she was three and a half. And she's now almost nine and a half. um, And she has all but I think one or two times total ordered off of the adult menu. So the usually the serving team, we tell them right at the beginning, you know, the first night that she orders off the adult menu and um, she kind of goes from there. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, adults if you see, you know, Scott has ordered lunch in Lumiere's years and gotten mozzarella sticks off the kids' menu and, you know, Isabel always... Um, orders off the adult menu with the exception of a dessert that's a toss-up. Sometimes she just wants a Mickey bar or a scoop of ice cream, and sometimes she wants that cappuccino mousse that's on the adult menu.
0: I've also ordered the Mickey bar.
1: Right. Right. True. I know that we don't want to talk, go into detail on what's on each menu, but one thing I will note is is that every night they offer a sirloin, a chicken, um, and a piece of salmon with um, a baked potato or vegetables, you know, it's it's under like Whiter. guests' favorites or something like that. Um, it's on every night dining. And if you're not as adventurous or, you know, some there's one night that Scott was like, you know what? I'm just in the mood for a baked potato. It's not pirate night. I just want the baked potato. Um, so he ordered the chicken and the baked potato. It's kind of more of your... Blander, or plain. You know, it's just a piece of steak, just a piece of chicken, just a piece of salmon. But if you're in the mood for that, or you're not as adventurous, that is an option to you every single night. Um, you know, if you are a person that likes a Caesar salad, you let them know if they have time to get it for you in advance, and and they'll get it for you. So.
0: They also have vegetarian options on the menu and lighter net, lighter fare. Right options.
1: They they do so, and the portions are not. You know, humongous anyway. So, um, but just just a couple notes about about those things. That if you're worried and you see all these sauces and things, that you know you can you kind of don't have to be as adventurous if you don't want to.
0: The other thing is, you can try something, and if you don't really like it, serving teams are always happy to bring you something like a backup plan.
1: They also get very concerned if you don't finish something. So, you know, they think you don't like it. They get worried. You know, I've had to tell several servers, look, I'm not on an eating vacation. So you don't, you'll get your excellent rating on the card. Don't worry. And that's one thing that I will say, Scott and I do have a slight pet peeve with, is that anything that is an issue remotely with your dining reflects on your serving team. So, you know, we, we talked about this on the Fantasy where the chef, uh, chefs on the Fantasy seemed to be kind of heavy with the salt shaker. Um, and in some cases, you know, stuff was a little, you know, more iffy than it had been before. You know, we've been on enough cruises to be able to kind of compare and contrast. And it wasn't bad by any sense of the, you know, word here. I'm not saying that at all. But you, you know, if you're brought something and it's really salty, and you ask for something else, and that's really salty. And you can't put that, you know, taste of your food is something that's on that guest survey at the end. And if you put that that's only a three, then your serving team, you know, gets reflected poorly on them. And most things
0: have changed.
1: Yeah, that's That's an unfortunate situation. So um, you kind of have to use your comments, or Scott can put a link to it in the show notes. He's got a comment card that you can print out that you can fold up with your with your comment card and add to it Um, unless you write something separately, unless you give them all their excellent ratings, it, it does kind of, um, you know, reflect poorly onto the serving team, even though they have nothing to do with, you know, the crust on your creme brulee, you know, that, that they have nothing to do with that.
0: I think what it comes down to is they're expected to, if you don't like to find something you do like and they'll bring you as much as you want to make you happy, but you know, if you want a specific food item, and it's just not a good, not a good preparation of it, I mean, it shouldn't be held against the server. But anyway,
1: and on longer cruises, they. You know, when we were on the Iceland cruise, we were on the southern, you know, those are 10, 11 night cruises. You know, about that second or third night, your head server or your server will say to you, hey, how are we doing so far? Can we pace the meal any better? Is it too fast for you? Is it too slow for you? Um, You know, are we meeting your expectations? And, you know, don't be afraid to be honest with them. And usually when they ask that, they're doing a great job. So. I personally don't like to spend a lot of my time on the cruise ship in the dining room. So, um, you know, I like that kind of faster-paced meal. In my um, career, I'm used to eating meals very quickly. So um, I'm ready to, you know, just serve it to me, I'm eating, I'll eat it, and I'm done. Then let's go and go on about the day. I, for one, am not a big fan of the, you know, shows like The Crush Show or The Drawn to Magic or... That's fine for people. It's not that I dislike it. I just would prefer to, you know, kind of get in and get out of there. Um, so I like when the servers speed things up and, you know, again, being that we skip a course, and I, I think that that's great. So I always tell them, you know, thank you very much. We're, we like that. So, but they'll ask you if you, you know, don't, if you are if it's too fast or then just let them know and they'll they'll accommodate you very well. The other thing I will say is don't be late to your dining time. You know, when your seating is 5:45, don't roll in at 6:05. That screws up the servers in a humongous way. I always feel very bad for them when people roll in that late. So
0: it also impacts if you're at a table with a different party, uh, you know, a different family, you know, that even complicates it more where sometimes the serving team will wait to deal with the table as a whole, you know, so you're waiting for other people to show up before they even take your order. It's just, it throws off the timing. And especially with main dining where they've got to get everybody in and out so they can turn the restaurant over for the next seating. Uh, you know, We just had some friends that were on the Dream, Colin and Melissa. They uh, kind of told me that uh, Vanellope's Sweets and Treats offered them the ability to order a uh, sundae during the day. And then they gave them the receipt and a card. And they told them just to hand it to uh, the servers at dinner. And they'll uh, bring, it, bring it on down in time for your dessert instead of one of the uh, main dining desserts. Uh, that's something new we hadn't been aware of before. Uh, right now, as far as we know, it's just uh, through Vanellope's on the Dream. But that is something to look into if you want one of those gigantic Sundays you know, for your dinner. One on the Dream. Uh, on the first night of your cruise when you get to dinner, there will be a... Uh, a wine package menu uh this is also something you can pre-order on disney's website uh i don't think the i don't think there's any advantage to ordering it ahead of time you know price wise i think it costs the same if you pre-order it or uh order it once you get on the ship i guess the only difference would be is you'd prepay for it versus uh having it go on your folio but it offers you know packages three four five or you know Three, four, seven night packages, and uh, there's a kind of a base option and more of a premium, you know, Disney premium uh, set of wines where they'll set you up with, you know, a bottle of wine for each night. Uh, whatever you don't finish, you can, they'll take back, they'll cork back up, put it back in the fridge. Um, you know, you can, the uh, Salmonier, you can talk to sommelier to kind of pick wines for your cruise Uh, that's one thing we've never done Uh, but it is an option there's a copy that's a couple of the copies of the uh, wine list on the website can link to it's one of those they they change a little bit you know obviously due to what's available for the ship depending on where the ship is deployed you know where their home port is at. Obviously, the Dream and Fantasy being more. You know, they're getting the same stuff each week from Port Canaveral, but you know, like when the Wonders in Alaska or Magics in Europe, they're getting different kind of stuff. In fact, when the uh, Magics in Europe, they sometimes they get a little better stuff. If you'd like want, if you'd like to bring your own wine to dinner, that is something you can definitely do uh you will be charged a $25 corking fee as of now it's still $25 for a corking fee uh and they'll take it and keep it depending on the wine keep it chilled or you know serve it to you uh i guess the one thing to say is you know depending on the wine you're bringing you might want to do the math on it you know it might be just as you know it might actually cost less just to buy it on board if you're drinking some of the same wines that they're offering, you know, once you add in the $25 corking fee, uh, it's going to vary, you know, but convenience factor, it's just something to look into and kind of just run the numbers on it. See if it's really worth, uh, bringing that bottle once they add that $25, uh, onto it. That's just something to think about. We've, uh, we've actually taken, you know, the Castaway Club uh, Platinum gift, uh, they've offered a bottle of Prosecco. Uh, we've taken that to dinner, but just be- because it's been given as a gift from Disney as part of the Castaway Club items, uh, its they don't charge for that, or they don't charge a corking fee for that because it's something that's been provided on the ship. Uh, we just make sure we take the little card that comes with it to kind of show that it came from, you know, a stateroom gift like that.
1: Although I'm pretty sure that I've never seen whatever Santa Elvira Prosecco brand that they're serving in a store to purchase. (laughs) 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 I mean, it may have been a little more when we were on the Iceland cruise and, you know, the European cruises when they changed their wine list to some of those things and they had the Santa Margarita Prosecco. There was a better chance of me bringing that on board. Um, still kind of low but a better chance so yeah we always bring the the stateroom gift tag with us and we've also brought the glasses before too because they come with saran wrap over them and when you sit down at your dining table they have wine glasses there for you but usually not flutes for these you know champagne or sparkling wine so we just bring it and then they can see that that came from room service and you know we only got questioned on at one time not that they were going to charge us a corking fee, but there was a question and, you know, Scott and I were like, Oh no, it's, it's from Disney cruise line. Like this is, this isn't we didn't, we didn't bring our own, you know, bottle of $9 Prosecco down to the table to pay a $25 corking fee. So
0: now at the end of the cruise, you'll receive a little envelopes in your stateroom and, if you've prepaid gratuities, you'll get little vouchers to stick in the envelopes, um, and you can go down to guest services and adjust the uh, tipping for your head server, your server, and your assistant server. Uh, you can also, just as easily, you know, put cash in the envelope. Whatever works best for you. Um, you know, if you there's the base rate, but then you can adjust it as you see fit either by going down to the guest services and say, I want to change this, you know, I want to add this much to this person, this person, this person. Uh, Or you can just, you know, like I just said, you can put cash in the envelope, Uh, whatever you choose to do. And those, and those you just hand, you know, you choose when you want to do it. You hand them over to your servers during the final night or some people wait until that last morning breakfast. They're going, um, uh, that kind of, that's kind of up to you, but you know, the, there are four total people, four total, like tipped positions on the ship that, you know, you take care of at the end and that's your stateroom host, your head server, your server and your assistant server.
1: I actually really prefer prepaying gratuities. And this is something that we've done in the past couple years. Um, yeah, I mentioned, I think, in an earlier podcast that I used to um, earmark the uh, onboard credit that we would get for rebooking on board or for, f- through a travel agent and use, you know, kind of re- use that towards gratuities first. But I actually find it more refreshing to prepay those gratuities before you get on the ship. Um, so... With us, we just, you know, submit it through our travel agent and, you know, tell her that this is for their gratuities amount and have that taken care of. And what Scott and I have found that we do most of the time is we end up adding cash to the envelope. So even if you prepay the gratuities, you're still going to get that letter in your stateroom in the envelope. So you can kind of still do the, you know, symbolic handing out of the tips, even though it just kind of goes onto their account. There have been very few times in all of our cruises that we have not added to those um, to those tips, whether we've prepaid or not. So um, that's something that can, you know, save you time, save you hassle. If you're interested in doing that, you know, prepaying your gratuities, um, you know, they don't know that you've prepaid them, so it's not like your service is going to change. Um, but it's definitely recommended to give the minimal amount and then, um, you know, not... Adding to it is at your own discretion, of course. I don't think in all of our cruises we've ever not given the minimum amount. So no. um, we've always given. I'm, I think that in our infancy of cruising, we may not have added to the head server's tip, tip envelope. But once you cruise enough and you kind of see what they're doing and whether they may not be. You know, just popping up at your table at the end, you know, if you kind of pay attention, you can see that they're the ones that are sometimes handing out the allergy menu, you know, allergy meals and, you know, doing a whole bunch of other things. So, um, you you know, your mind changes a little bit, I think, the, the more you cruise, but... Even we, for the longest time, we've gone to Paolo or Remy sometimes in the last night, and Scott will still, you know, run down at 545 and go ahead and pass out those tip envelopes to them and kind of say goodbye because the reservations for Paolo and Remy usually don't start till 6, so you've got kind of that time to go down and do that. But it's just kind of a nice way to say thank you because, you know, I think we've only gone to that first breakfast, that last night breakfast one time. Yeah, Yeah, it's... Because... 6.45 is you don't have to be out of your stateroom until 8 and we usually are out you know by about 7.30 but um, there's not been a reason for us to get up and go to that breakfast at 6.45 and even when we've done express walk off so we can get Isabel to school and and you and I to work we still you know that 6.45 is just a little crazy so but to each their own I mean if you have late dining you know eating breakfast at 8 o'clock is perfect so by all means go for it you know, we're not, we're not discouraging you from doing so. We're just, it's just our personal preference.
0: You know, that brings up something. Uh, in a couple of our trip reports, we've mentioned about, you know, skipping main dining. Either we've, you know, nights we've gone to Remy or Apollo, uh we just skipped it all together, or we've gone to Cabana's for dinner. Uh, on nights that they do offer the, you know, selection of options from the dining rooms uh people have asked well what do you do about your serving team you know are you still tipping them and everything uh and the answer is absolutely uh, you know if for is when we when we know we're not going to go to dinner like when we've got paula or remy scheduled we'll tell them the night before just to let them know like courtesy to say hey don't don't worry about us you know we've got reservations elsewhere you know and kind of in, you know it's one less table to worry about don't, you know, oh no they're late. Don't worry about getting behind or anything. It's just a little courtesy to them to let them know that we're not gonna be there that night. Kind of ease their mind a little bit. Uh there's even been there's one cruise where uh serving team was like, you know, we were going to you know, one Apollo and uh Isabel went down and had dinner by herself. Uh and they took care of her. And so
1: that that typically will happen on a longer cruise. I think that was on the Norway and Iceland cruise. We were on the cruise for 11 nights, and we had already done one dinner at Palo. Um, and Isabel, you like those nights, right? Because you get room service. And what's your normal room service dinner when we go to Palo or Remy?
0: Pizza and a Caesar salad. Pizza and a
1: Caesar salad. And what do you usually get for dessert?
0: Um... Big cookies.
1: The big chocolate chip cookie, exactly. Might so you get
0: a castaway key.
1: Right. So she usually actually looks forward to those um, those nights when we do that. But this one we kind of you know, Scott's family was on board, we had some friends on board and we just kind of at the last minute decided, you know, on the last night, let's just see if we can get the, the private room and get into get into Paulo again and you know Scott and I had already been for brunch and dinner, and so had several of the other people that were in our party, so the manager, Felice, was, you know, happy to oblige that, because believe it or not, that not that many people go on the last night, so that happened to be the drawn-to-animation night and animators, and so Isabel, um, you know, she had already known the serving team for, you know, essentially nine nights, so she felt very comfortable with them, and you know, that was Juan. And, he, and she
0: also wanted something on that menu. She, there was something on the menu she wanted.
1: Yeah, they, they took good care of her, and she was happy to do it. And another little boy came over and invited her to sit with them. But, you know, that's that's something that's great. They they take good care of them, and Isabel said they were attentive to her. And, you know, she did fine and wouldn't mind doing it again, correct? Yeah.
0: And I, the other part of that is, if you think about you might... Only think about your tip, you're kind of just tipping for those dinners, but if you kind of take a step back and you take a step back and you'll find out that the, you'll see that the serving teams are not just serving dinner. They're the same people that are same teams that are working in cabanas for breakfast and lunch. Uh, if there's a sit down breakfast and lunch or the sit down breakfast and lunch in the, uh, you know, main atrium restaurants, you know, like Royal Court Palace, Triton's and Lumiere's. So they're, you know, they rotate through there. So they're not just, you know, not doing anything all day. They'll be working the quick service up on the pool deck. Uh, You'll see your serving team, you know, at those various places. So you might just initially think you're just tipping for that dinner service they're providing you. They're actually working at all these other locations throughout, you know, breakfast and lunch times. And they're also out there at Cookies and Cookies 2 and places on Castaway Key uh, for that barbecue lunch helping you out. So it's one of those, you look at it. So you're, you may not encounter your server for breakfast and lunch, but you're encounter, you're, you know, with somebody else's server for breakfast and lunch. So it kind of all works itself out. And so if you kind of think about all that you're getting, you know, all the service you're getting out of these individuals, it's definitely not something if you're skipping dinner, you want to, you know, short them anything like that. It's just kind of the way it works. They're kind and- of helping you out all day long.
1: Kind of to add to that, Scott briefly mentioned, you know, skipping the main dining rooms altogether. And I know that a lot of people listening are thinking, what? What are you talking about? Well, um, the first time we ever did that was um, when we had booked the Magic after her dry dock, her extensive dry dock. uh, 2013. 2013. She wasn't ready. And so they canceled the um, five-night cruise two days beforehand. So um, our travel agent was able to, um, and and they refunded you, of course. So our travel agent was able to get us on the dream, which was a four night instead of a five night that left on the same day, which was October 20th. So there were, you know, by the time we got to her, there were like two rooms left. And um, of course, only late dining. And so Scott and I and Isabel looked at each other and we said, you know, do we want to go? And, and try to change this uh, time, dining time? Or do we just want to, sk- to skip main dining? And so, you know, we asked Isabel, because she was kind of the most important, you know, integral part in this, because Scott and I really didn't care. And Isabel was like, yeah, this is fine. I, she knew she was going to be on the Magic right after that, so she would, of course, get to experience rotational dining, because... Um, once the fortnight was over, we drove to Miami, spent the night, and then were able to get on the magic. Um, but Scott and I went to Apollo and Remy. Um, the first night we ate on deck and we had, you know, just the the pizza and the chicken sandwiches and what have you on deck. Um, and then we went to Apollo and Remy. And then the one of the middle nights we went to Cabana's. So you can go to Cabana's um, for. Sit down dinner, and we did it, I believe, on pirate night because we mm-hmm. got from the pirate menu. And it cabanas is not open on the first or last night of their cruise of your cruise, but they are open, um, you know, the other nights of your cruise, depending on the length. So you can go in there and we'll it's have a, rot- a
0: selection of items from the
1: rotational menu, right? And so on pirate night, it's the pirate menu, I and mean, mm-hmm. that's what it is. So we went and you know takes about the same amount of time you and enjoyed ourselves completely. So we just, you know, the gratuities were taken care of and we just went ahead and we didn't even know our servers, but you know, of course we paid the gratuities cause we know that on deck and all the other places that, you know, the servers were there, but, um, there are, there have been a couple of cruises since then. Um, You know, that we, like a three-night cruise that we've just went ahead and, you know, skipped the, skipped main dining. So, it is an option. You know, don't feel weird about doing it. Just, I recommend tipping your serving team. But, you know, on those three-night cruises on the Dream, I'm going to take Remy and Palo, you know, if I, if I can. So, um, you know, I would go to Remy all three nights, but I don't think I could eat all that food three nights in a row. But, um you know, we've been on a lot of cruises, so it's just something to change it up. So you you can do that. Don't feel guilty for doing it, but definitely still still uh, tip your serving team.
0: It was actually really almost at one point refreshing, not having you know that regimented schedule. You know, kind of in the evening where you can go to dinner, go to show. You know, we just had you know did our thing during did our activities, the pool during the day, and just kind of you know. A regular evening where, you know, we weren't, you know, going, it was different. I mean, everybody was in the shows or in the dinner seatings and, you know, we could go around, you know. Some nights, Isabel will go to the clubs, we'll go to the adult district, you know, the adult areas and just kind of hang out. It's a much more laid back and relaxing, you know, way of cruising. It was... I wouldn't do it all the time, however, it was definitely something that if you're not interested in going and sitting down every night, you know, these options are available. And like Emily said, it's nothing to feel awkward about, it's, you know, they offer these different options for you, you know, for people that, you know, choose to go off, you know, off script.
1: And there's always room service, too, so... You know, there is a, uh, that means that it's not extensive, but it's a pretty decent room service menu. So, I mean, you can order healthy. You can order kind of fast casual. You can order, I mean, they've got like salmon and asparagus. And, I mean, there's always room service available too. So, you know, dining time is, is very different for different families. You know, Scott and Isabel and I, at this point in our lives cannot imagine the 8:15 dining time. And there are people that love it. And I think that that is an awesome option, you know, especially for those that the kids club folks come and, you know, counselors come and pick them up and they go to the kids club and the parents can finish their meal in peace. And for us, we are very early to rise, um, you know, earlier to bed type folks. And, you know, Isabel, she tries to keep to fairly similar schedule when we're on a vacation um, just because we still do get up early. So, you know, her bedtime is normally at home 830. So at least on the cruise by 9, 930, she's in bed. We I can't imagine being in the main dining room at that time. So I, I, I wouldn't want to go to bed with, an you know, a full belly of food. But there are other people that just they can't imagine eating at 545. So. Um, you know, if you decide that you want to eat at seven o'clock, that's what you've got room service cabanas or on deck for. So definitely options for everyone. Um, you know, that, that's, that's there for you. So, um, I, I would prefer, I would really love if they opened cabanas every day for breakfast at, at six 45 or seven o'clock. And sometimes they do like a continental breakfast and then, They'll open it, but I just want to gra- go in and grab my oatmeal or, or something and, you know, it's not open yet. But um, And you see a lot of parents and, and a lot of little kids, little toddlers and things kind of milling around at that time. So there are actually a lot more people awake than you would think. Um, but, you know, there there are a lot of options for you. So don't feel tethered to that if you don't want to be. So
0: rounding out the, uh, I know we're really just focusing on dinner, but kind of to round out things, there are sit down lunch and breakfast options available. You know, we kind of touched on that when talking about the serving teams working in other venues throughout the day. Uh, but if you'd rather, if you don't really want to go to cabanas or get rooms, you know, if you'd like kind of that sit down lunch or breakfast.
1: Yeah. The room service that you get for breakfast is a door hanger that goes outside of your door, and it's a continental breakfast, so there's no hot items. So it's awesome if you just want coffee and a bagel or a bowl of cereal. I mean, it's absolutely great for that. Um, But, you know, I'm kind of pretty traditional. I have oatmeal or, you know, eggs, you know, pretty much every day, so it doesn't really help me. Isabel likes her Mickey waffle. Scott has his, you know, random concoctions that he... Concocts, um, but the the room service breakfast is is kind of that. The sit down breakfast I really enjoy, and I was talking to Scott and Isabel about this. We haven't done it in a few cruises, and um, they have a good they have a good selection. They definitely do. Definitely recommend that you try that um, if you're on a longer cruise to, you know, have a one of the sit down breakfasts or lunches and lumiere's triton's royal palace royal court because that's where they have those
0: with that i think uh kind of gone over the whole rotational dining uh and kind of things to expect and so thanks for tuning in see you next time goodbye thank you for joining us if you've enjoyed the episode please feel free to share it with your friends and followers We'd also be very grateful if you could rate and review our podcast on iTunes. If you have any issues, please drop us an email. You can connect with the show via the comments section on the website, email us at contact at follow us on Twitter at the DCL blog, or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash disneycruiselineblog. Additionally, you can leave a voicemail, which we will try to incorporate into future podcasts with your questions, comments, or feedback on the show by calling 321-765-3252.